meeting today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior Wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to challenges of pre-millennia days and places that stretch across the globe. Jack Sanchez's joy of life is to help other people realize their potential. Jack was a teacher for 38 years. He taught everything from history and philosophy to the German language. He was also the track and cross-country coach and participated as the academic decathlon coach. One of his amazing achievements was to take highly intelligent students that were unmotivated average students and turn them on. Jack's little high school in Auburn, California became the state academic decathlon champs three consecutive times. Jack says that achieving goals in your life starts with a dream and then you go to a vision and finally you create a plan. Once these steps are completed, perseverance kicks in with the execution of the plan. His life certainly demonstrates how well this method works. Jack is 75 years old today walks and sprints for an hour a day, and is planning on competing in a long jump and triple jump later this year. He and his wife have successfully climbed the highest mountain in Africa, Mount Kilimanjaro. All of this has been achieved because his belief that having a dream, vision, and plan actually works. Always, always, always believe. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget. So adjust the volume on your laptop or handheld device and soak into a conversation with Jack Sanchez. Well, you really look rested. I am. I am, and, <laughs> and you've just got back from a wonderful vacation. Yeah. I'm, I'm visiting with Jack Sanchez. I'm at his home, a beautiful place with oak trees outside. We're, we're in the country here, just outside of Sacramento, actually outside of a small bedroom community called uh, named Auburn, Auburn, California. Jack, thanks for allowing me into your, your home today. Oh, it's my pleasure and delighted to see you again, Steve. Yeah, we saw you, uh, we saw each other at the Wild and Scenic Film Festival, a, mm -hmm. a world-renowned festival in, that happens in Nevada County once every year, which, uh, which was great. So anyhow, we met there. Today you're going to be sharing uh, some of your background. Uh, you were in the academics for a while. You mm -hmm. were, uh, was, I take it, high school. Yeah, high school English teacher, uh, philosophy teacher, and academic decathlon teacher, track coach, cross-country coach, academic decathlon So coach. you had an abundance of opportunities to motivate uh, kids to... Uh, do their best to, to, to go for the gusto, find, you know, achieve those goals, that sort of thing. I think that's the joy of life is getting other people to realize their potential and to have a, a meaningful part in that realization. It's just fabulous. I enjoyed every second of 38 years of teaching English and philosophy and German and all this coaching at Del Oro High School in Loomis. Wow. Mm. Well, I suppose after a while you became quite intuitive as to when something really can work. You can yeah. feel it in your bones. Well, I, I really believe that before you can coach or before you can lead or before you can teach a group of people, you have to really believe in the process that you have worked out. You have to really believe it. And once you believe it, then you can go ahead and pass it on to students or your colleagues or whoever. Uh, I'm thinking, for example, of our academic decathlon team. We uh, qualified for the state meet after three years, 
the academic decathlon is uh, nine kids, three C students, B students, three A students, a team of nine. And then you compete in all these 10 areas of expertise. It's a purely academic co competition. And after having coached track and cross country for uh, six years, I decided that I wanted to see if we could do the same thing for academics. You know what's so interesting about that? I, I didn't realize that they... They, it's not just A student kids. It's you, you're taking at the various levels, A, yeah. B, and C. Yeah, and and the secret to winning is having highly intelligent students that are C students and haven't been motivated. Oh, okay. And then you, okay. Just, you just have to really turn them on. They really realize their potential, and you have a winning team. I saw that uh, we were in the small school division, Delaro Tiny School in Loomis. And when we got to the state meet, the first state meet in Bakersfield, I started looking over the competition. And I said, Valerie, I think we can win this. And she said, what are you talking about? We've never been here before. We don't know anything. So no, I think we can win it. So I broke it down how we can win it. And then I went to the team, these delightful young people, you know, just ruthlessly competitive also athletes and scholars, and said, look, it, this is what we have to do. You've already done this. All you have to do is duplicate what you've done before and, and our point total will win it. What did, what did you notice in what you, whatever you were reading that uh, sparked the notion that, you know, we could really do this? Well, as a coach, uh, I've always been reading uh, like John Wooden, a great coach, uh, and uh, Maxwell Maltz, Psycho-Cybernetics, that mindset is everything. That if you can convince yourself of the truth of some action or precept or concept, uh, and really believe it with every uh, ounce of your being, then you can pass that on. And that's what I did. Uh, for, you know, I'll talk about track in a minute, but with academic decathlon, those kids just sat there, and you could just see them just coming eyes that we could become state champions, the first team in the history of our <laughs> high school to become state champions. And they did. Yeah. They won it. And then after they, I said, wow. look, at, if uh, when we win... I don't you want to, I, let's agree that we're not going to show any emotion. We'll just take the trophies and smile and thank, be gracious, as though we expected to win. And they did that. And then when we got outside, we went completely mad. <laughs> and in the next two years, we won the state championship again. A second time. And a third time. Yeah, and a so third time. The only team in the area ever to win three consecutive state uh -huh. championships. Wow. So really and that's just that, believing. That's believe, boy, believing yeah. has a lot to do with our... Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. with track, um, I, I was just uh, yesterday down at a meeting at Delaro trying to get athletes into the Delaro uh, Athletic Hall of Fame. And uh, I saw the school records uh, from the team of 1969, which was my best uh, uh, track team. And uh, I, I said, well, now how, how did those kids do that? Well, at the time when I was coaching, I was looking for mentors, coaching mentors, and there was a gentleman at UCLA, Jim Bush, who built his whole team around the 400-meter run, the 440 at that time run. And Which is I, what, a quarter mile? It's a quarter mile, once around the track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he believed that if every athlete on the team can run a quarter mile, then you got a great conditioned team. And conditioning is everything in track and cross country. you just got to be in shape. So my, my best sprinter, who is now the sheriff of Placer County, Ed Bonner, and like a son to me, just <laughs> fabulous. Uh, his father was my teacher at Placer High School. I said, Ed, what do you think that you can run at the end of the season? This is 1969. He said, 
I would really like to run 48 seconds. So I used Jim Bush at 48 seconds. Was that a dream for this guy? Yeah, I mean, a total how, dream. Is that really a, yeah. a really fast time? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still the school record. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. is. After wow. all these, what, 50 years, whatever it is. It was an incredible fast time at the time. But he was a very good athlete. And uh, so I'd worked out with Jim Bush how, what kind of workouts. And I said, Ed, if you make these workouts every day, they're very simple workouts, but they have to be done at the speed that we say that he did every workout at the end of the year. He qualified for the state meet with our relay team and a couple of other athletes. We went to the state meet in Berkeley. His time was 47.9. Oh, he yeah. did it. Yeah, and it he stood for 50 it. years. Uh, he was a believer, but not only do you have to... We start with a, uh, a dream, then we go to a vision, and then we have a plan. Is the vision actually a vision? Is it you yeah. imagine yourself yeah. accomplishing? You, you, you do all this Maxwell Maltz imaging. You see yourself crossing the line in 47.9 or whatever it is. You see yourself, the Auburn Ravine, getting salmon into all 33 miles of the Auburn Ravine. And that's the vision. So the dream is up here in the ether. And then you bring the vision down in the real world and say, well, now how am I going to do this? And then when you answer that question, that's the plan. So the dream was for Ed to win the state meet running under 48 flat. Uh, the vision was seeing him cross the line as a state champion. And then the plan was, how do we get there? All those workouts. Mm -hmm. so you have yeah. to make those times. Yeah. And you went through these steps with your students? Oh, yeah. I mean, whether it be academically or... or oh, yeah. Uh, you have to show them how to do that. Yeah. And with the academic decathlon team, all you have to do is do what you did in the county meet. And of course, they all excelled at because we had six weeks to study before the state meet, and they all studied like madmen because they didn't know what to expect at the state meet. They probably picked up some of the mm -hmm. the focus just on who you are. I think also. so. I yeah. mean, that really is a big part of it. Yeah, um, you know, one of the great joys of teaching. Now, I've been retired since two thousand one, and I have a Facebook page, and I just get all these emails from all around the world of former students saying. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. How many years did you teach? I taught for 38 years. Oh, uh, hey, long, there are a lot a of students time. out there. There are a lot of students out there. And a lot of old is. students. Yeah, there are students that are 65 years old. Because I started teaching when I was well, five years older than the students. You sure don't look that very old at all. Well, thank you very much, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your age? I'm 74. 74 I'll, years I'll, old? I'll, well, another thing, another plan. Uh, I've uh, started in January weighing 195, I weigh 171 in December, 1st of December. Another plan, because I'm healthy and fit and I love track cross country. Are you still running and yeah, jogging and yeah. biking and I, all I, that? I uh, walk for an hour every morning and do sprint drills within the second half of the walk. But here's another plan. Here I'm 70, uh, I'm going to be 75 years old in July, July 7th. I'm going to be at 160 pounds by April 1st. So I have April, June, two months to prepare for the long jump and the triple jump. Now, how insane is that for a 75-year-old man to be competing in the long jump and the triple jump, uh, an event, the two events that are more injury-prone even than your event? The, the pole vaulting. The pole vault, right. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. Right? But I'm going to do it because I want to do it. I have a dream. I have a vision. I have a plan to how to get there. And... I can do it. I can. That's the main thing. I, I have no injuries. I'm in great shape. You know, why not? You know? That, that's great. I mean, you're actually demonstrating that even to this day. 
which is which is wonderful. It really works. The you you mentioned at one time that uh, you're into climbing mountains too, and yeah. there was one oh, in yeah. particular oh, that you yeah. used to yeah. think about from seven years old, yeah. which is pretty amazing. Yeah. We, uh, when I was a little boy, I think we talked about this. Uh, my father had a uh, when I was five, six years old, my father had a, a copy of the old uh, popular mechanics. Oh, yeah, I remember. And on, and on the front page was a drawing in Africa, the natives, you know, with the wild hair and bones. And uh, in the background was a mountain with snow on it and all this tropic. And, and I said, Dad, what is that? And I said, that's Kilimanjaro. So at that time, I said, at some point, I will climb Mount Kilimanjaro. How, how high is that? It's high. It's the, it's the highest single standing mountain on earth. It's not part of a range, it's just a mountain. It's 19,340 feet high. It's a mile higher than Mount Shasta. Oh, it's it's incredible. And it's a yeah. non-technical climb. That means you just walk up it. It's, it has snow on it all the time. Though, well, it? no, you start it's in a, a tropical rainforest. But yeah. as you go up there, does it eventually? Yeah, you, you go through seven vegetative zones. Oh, you start boy. with the yeah. jungle, and then it goes to a drier climate, and then another one, and then you get up into a, above the tree line. There's no no growth at all, and then you get up to an, Antarctica. You know, total. Yeah. How long did it take you to climb it? It took us nine, uh, seven days to get up and two days to get down. Yeah. And uh, of course, we went with the company uh, sure. uh, and had guide, we had the best guide in the world. But anyway, to get back to the dream, I said, but when, I'm, when I retire in 2001, I want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. So I did all this research, found the best possible company, happened to be in Berkeley. And um, so then we signed on. And I said to my bride, Valerie, I want to climb Kilimanjaro and I want you to come with me. And if anything happens, if one of us can't make it, then we'll, we'll both go back. And I thought that would ease her mind. But it turns out, in retrospect, that it put more pressure on her than because it was my dream. It wasn't oh, her she dream, didn't want to ruin it. She didn't want to ruin my dream. So when we flew into Amsterdam, she's having panic attacks. And I'm sound asleep. We stayed up so we could sleep. And she says, in the morning, I'm going to tell him I can't do this. It's insane. I, I can't do it. So we flew, flew to Arusha. She'd settled down by then. We got out on, uh, stayed at a bed and breakfast out in the Serengeti and, and looked up at the mountain and my God, you know, so nobody could get the, t- you know, it's very oh, low plane. So majestic things. Like oh, that. it's They're incredible. Wise. I said, what are we, this is madness. We can't, that's what she's thinking. I'm thinking, yeah. oh my God, One step it's at right a time. here. Yeah, just all we have to do is walk up it. And we had the best guide in the world, Samia, uh, who is called the, the mountain lion because he holds the world record for running up and down Mount Kilimanjaro. You know. oh. Delightful Tanzanian college-educated young man. And uh, so Valerie uh, had another difficulty is she couldn't take the medicine, the high-altitude medicine. Oh, uh, right. Because cool. it was uh, sulfur, sulfur drug derivative, and she's allergic to that, so she had to climb without yeah, it. At 19,000 feet, you're going to feel that's it. A, I mean, that's I feel it at 9,000 oh, yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we started out, just to, it's so beautiful, you can't believe it. They, uh, they took us through the first uh, rainforest with a guard with an automatic weapon because there are all kinds of animals in there. And then we got up higher and elons and... You know, we all kept looking for the dried and frozen carcass of a leopard that uh, Hemingway talked about. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody found it. None yeah. in sight. <laughs> None in sight. Uh, so uh, the, one of the reasons I selected this company was at 14,500 feet, they spent two days to give you, uh, give you an opportunity to get acclimatized. And they took us out on practice hikes. And I knew something was amiss when Samia said, Valerie, you go back and rest. This is fine. The rest of us will practice. 
And then I later learned that her tongue was completely black and that you know, she was she was, she was really hurting, hurting. Yeah. Edema. So they set her down. And every night they call back to, for medical advice on what to do. And we got to this terrible climb, 11 and a half hour climb called the Western Breach to get to um, the uh, next to last stop before we summited. And Valerie did fine. She was settled down, a long hike. And then when we got up to the glacier that we were going to camp on, she, she was just filming. I carried a video camera up, so we had the whole thing on video. And she was just completely out of it. She kept filming the same thing, saying the same thing. And, and then uh, the, the Samia said, uh, you know, I know most of you are not interested in this, but if any of you want to go on another two-hour hike, we'll see the second highest peak in in Africa, the ash pit. So my friend from the Gulf Islands uh, and I went out and saw the ash pit, which is a volcano, you know, fire and everything. And then, and then we had to uh, put up our tents, wind is howling on a glacier. And uh, since I'd done that extra two hours of climbing, at six o'clock in the morning when we're ready to do the final 800 feet ascent, I'm, I'm blithering. You were spent. I was spent. And Valerie knows, I'm, I'm trying to put my clothes on, I can't get my clothes on, and she goes over and gets some on. And uh, we had bought wind pants for that last 800 feet at Patagonia. And the store had left these big plastic safety tags on them, you know, and I had my pants on backwards. No, Samia and Victor get my plant pants on, and uh, they're backwards. I said, no, that's fine, you know, just, that's fine. Just, after they got that plastic clip off, and they took my pants off, got them on right. <laughs> We're way behind everybody else. But we all made it to the top, and we get up there, and it's just another world. Ice lakes, icicles. Now, your uh, wife was there as well. Oh, yeah. You yeah she, she's top? right there with me. Yeah. And uh, we all made it to the top of Kilimanjaro. And then uh, we made it there about 8.30 in the morning. All the pictures, there's this big uh, frame up there saying you're the highest point in Africa. And then we went down 10,000 feet uh, to, to uh, uh, another camp, 7,000 feet. Three of us had birthdays and a... a, a Maasai warrior brings up cakes and so forth. I mean, a big celebration was <laughs> fabulous. But the, um, the, the unseen benefit of the whole climb, in addition to my dream coming true, and dreams do come true in this country, they really do, was the long-term of, uh, effect on Valerie. Because it's so rare that females have an have a, uh, opportunity to show physical courage. And we're having a, the celebration banquet and... and um, Samia gave out tags, and you're supposed to say something about a person. We don't even know who the person is. And was it Samia? Samia was saying, you know, this person showed unbelievable courage, and her courage, or this person's courage in large part, was responsible for all of us summiting on Kilimanjaro and Valerie sitting there wondering, God, who's that? That was Valerie. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, icing on the cake. Icing on the cake. Absolutely. you know, if you have a plan, if you have a dream, uh, a vision, and a plan, you can do anything. And that is the wisdom. That's the Go wisdom. Go for it. Go believe, for it. Believe, visualize, never, plan, and do Never it. not believe. Always believe. Yeah. That's the wisdom. Yeah. Would you suggest that people be very methodical about it? Or is this an art, artistic I, I th- way think, of going about it? I think this, it, is or, a, or some, scientific? Uh, this is a possibility for everybody, but I don't think... Everybody will sit down and methodically go through the Pac-Man steps involved, but it's a possibility for everybody. Everybody can have their dreams come true if they plan out very methodically, carefully, the steps necessary to get from point A to point Z. The Alpha, the Omega is all planning and preparation. 
And anybody can do that. I don't think everybody will do it, but I'm saying you can do it. Believe in yourself and you can do it. Well, you and your wife are, are demonstrations that that is the case. So, Jack, thanks. Thanks a bunch. And uh, I want to hear more about Kilimanjaro. I'll see you later. Okay, thanks, Steve.